0: Hey everybody, welcome to Season 2 of Hey Fighting Podcast, the official podcast of LSU football. I am Cody from digital media reporter, as always. Back for a second season, how about that? We made it through Season 1, turned out pretty well, ratings were good. Oh yeah, the football team did win a national championship too. And so we decided to bring it back for Season 2. Glad you could be here. Thank you all for listening. Let's start there. Thank you all for listening all through season one, I know it was easy, right? LSU went 15-0. There was a lot to talk about. There were a lot of good vibes. It was very easy to pump sunshine because everything was sunshine and lollipops and rainbows and all that stuff. But honestly, all of you were fantastic to me throughout the season for listening, for rating, for reviewing. Uh, it was just a really fun thing to to kick off and get off the ground. So I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart, and I'm really excited to be embarking on the 2020 season as well. We're going to change some things. We're going to do some things differently. We're going to bring back some of the same things. We're going to try some different stuff, but we have plenty of time to do that in the off season. It is, after all, March. It's March 2nd, and uh, I was shocked. I'll be perfectly honest. I was shocked I got into the office today. I was planning to do this episode with LSU Director of Athletics Training, Jack Marucci. We're going to get to that interview in a second. It's a fascinating interview. I'll preview it in just a second. But I was going to put out an episode this week, and I came into the office, looked at the calendar, and lo and behold, spring football starts on Saturday, and Coach O has a press conference on Wednesday to preview the spring, and I just can't believe how quickly the offseason has turned into spring football already. It always spins by fast. A lot has happened since we last spoke. LSU hired a new passing game coordinator in Scott Linehan, hired a new defensive coordinator who was also the old defensive coordinator in Bo Polini. And uh, so much more has happened. Players have gone on to the NFL Draft Combine, done very well. Unfortunately, Joe Burrow has small hands, so he's going to fail in the NFL or something like that. Regardless, we will will talk about all of that kind of stuff for the next few months. I wish I could tell you what my plans are precisely for the next few months. Certainly, I'll have some spring football coverage. I'm certainly going to try to sit down with some players and some coaches as available and try to give you the conversations that you want to hear about LSU football, yeah, we'll bring back Jacob Hester too. I know you all like him too, but I want, to, uh, I want to start this season. I want to start this episode with an interview with Jack Marucci. If you don't know who Jack Marucci is, just pause right now and Google search him. He's an unbelievably fascinating, unbelievably accomplished person. With LSU, he's the Director of Athletics Training. That means he oversees the training room. And that is, as I kind of discussed with him, the tiniest sliver of what he does because he does so much. He uh, heads up LSU's kind of sports research and, and scientific um, analysis and and, and some, some of the things they're doing both from a training perspective and a health perspective, um, but also a sports technology perspective and in some ways a player development perspective. So you're going to hear him talk about all that. Uh, Simply put, he's a genius. I call him the brains of the LSU football operation. Um, He pushes back on that early in the interview. He's incredibly humble, but he's one of my favorite people to talk to. Um, If you read any of my stuff from this year, you probably heard him pop up in in a story or two. Uh, If you listen to any of Coach O's press conferences – he definitely popped up because Coach O was always thanking and crediting Jack Marucci and Tommy Moffat for keeping his team healthy, for keeping his team in shape. And we talk about all that with Jack Marucci, but we also talk about some of the things they're doing this offseason from a sports science perspective, which I think is really interesting. And Jack also, to me, is is kind of a, a culture guru. He understands the culture of successful athletic programs because he's been in them. One of, one, first of all, he's, he's won four national championships or been a part of for national championship programs but two he, he studies this stuff and he's um he, he's incredibly accomplished outside of his roles with lsu marucci bats that, that all started with him in a wood shop and a lathe if you haven't heard that story again google that but jack is, is he's incredible and every time i go over to his office i end up sticking around for a couple of hours and, and have to pry myself out of there because he he's just so well versed in a number of topics he's incredibly easy to talk to he has a story for everything he has a memory for everything and on this episode and in this interview we, we look back at the 2019 season but we also looked ahead to the 2020 season and some of the things that LSU is working on and some of the things that he's looking at from a, a scientific perspective that includes virtual reality and eye tracking and all that stuff so I'm gonna have some links in the episode bio and when, when we reference some stuff that maybe you don't understand you can kind of look into it a little bit further if you want to I'll have a link to my story on the eye-tracking stuff that LSU did last summer with the receivers. We talk about the expansion of that this summer. So, it, to me, it's it's just one of the most fascinating conversations that, that we've had on this podcast, probably the most fascinating. And uh, it's not heavy on the X's and O's and the personnel and that sort of stuff. But if you really want to understand the inner workings of LSU football from a cultural perspective, from an intelligence perspective, Jack Marucci is the guy to listen to. So, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to that interview. I'll be back. Pretty soon, I think, with another episode, of course, spring football getting started, and there's going to be a lot to talk about. So I'll be back pretty soon with another episode. While you're here, before we get to the interview, please, if you haven't yet, in honor of Season 2 getting <laughs> getting kicked off here, give us a rating. Give us a review in uh, in the iTunes store, the podcast app, or Spotify or wherever you're listening and thank you again for listening but go ahead and give us a review and a rating and all that stuff it just helps us get to more people and get the numbers up and all that stuff which is uh which is fun we want to keep LSU football on top we want to keep the LSU football podcast on top as well and no better way to keep it on top than to talk to someone as fascinating as Jack Marucci so here's my interview with Jack Marucci all right happy to uh spend a few minutes Jack Marucci, director of athletic training at LSU, and that's that's a nice title, Jack. But I think it uh, I think it doesn't do you the justice of all the many hats that you wear around here. Um, I think I was listening to something that you did with some podcast. I think it was like the Wharton Moneyball podcast or something, and they were asking you to describe your job, and I think you described your job. And we're sitting in the training room right now, and the training room is sort of this uh, as the heartbeat of of the the football operations facility which i think is a very good metaphor simply because you know one team one heartbeat all that stuff i kind of think of you specifically as the brains of the operation i know you'll you'll probably push back on that and uh out of humility but i, I always enjoy talking to you I always enjoy getting to pick your brain we were sitting here talking for 20 minutes before we started recording i, I enjoyed that too but for those who don't know who you are uh, or what you do what how would you like what's the two sentence if you can description of of your job and your role here
1: you know I, well, let me let me open up with uh go ahead push <laughs> pre, back pre, pre, the push back <laughs> i have to push back and uh brains is pretty uh pretty strong words but um the ma- the main thing i think any of our roles in this building and it may not be two sentences but i always believe you're only as good as the people around you and i really believe that yeah and um you know, because uh, Coach was very complimentary of us this year mm-hmm. on – and we were going into that last stretch and how healthy we were. And yeah. And he said, man, i never seen how quick guys – you know, guys get back so quickly and safely. And, and they, when they come back, they're performing. I said, Coach, uh, I'm not that good. I, told <laughs> him. No, I, yeah. I, I meant it. And I meant it by our our team's very good. I'm You know, our medical team – you know, from our you know, Derek Calvert and, and Mickey and and uh, Gabby and, and Josh, you know, and our students, it's really a team effort. But I said it's the way we practice is why we we haven't had as many injuries. It's just, you know, tribute how he his vision on that mm-hmm. and um, also the you know, the type of kids you have. And if you have better character kids, and I use that word quite a bit it's they're gonna come back quicker. So they're gonna make us look better. Yeah. And, and and we I think we've been on the cutting edges biologics also. I think yeah. that's been a, a game changer for us. But and and coach looked at me, so it's the whole program. I said, Yeah, it's the whole program. Yeah. So you know it, it uh you know, I think we see things a little bit differently than some people because the players in here is kind of a sanctuary that they feel like they can tell us a lot. Yeah, we can see their body language. We know when there's you know, maybe they have some issues with some other, you know, outside of football. And I think that's where we have
0: been, our, our, our athletic training staff's been very good. You know, seeing that there's a few points I want to dive in on there. Um, I want to start with the character aspect yeah. of it because I remember talking to you before the season. And you, you talked about your, your character studies that you've done. I think Brody Miller did a story on it at one point this season. Um, kind of a a good look at at how much this program values character, how you helped kind of assess and put uh, maybe a number to that, kind of quantify mm-hmm. that character. So let's talk about character, especially with the context of this team, as you were mentioning, their ability to come back quickly from injury, their ability to stay out of trouble, their, all, all the things right. that – made up this team that was kind of the heart of it was their character how 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 early in this process because I was revisiting that conversation we had I think we were talking about the construction of this building and and it kind of dove into some tangents I want to say before the season you had done your character study and you looked at this team and you felt really good about them because of the the metrics that you had come up with. So how did how did you identify that? Yeah. Team?
1: So uh, you know, one of the things I always looked at was um, I looked at our recruiting classes in the past. I was really doing looking at stars. Mm-hmm. You know how how productive a five star has been And since two thousand one. I think that's when really the star system became more of a. It was pretty uh, evident that's how they were going to rate these players. It yeah. was a little bit I think the year before, but when I dove back and looked at the uh, you know the history of how they were um given these guys um the star ratings um I think 2001 it it was pretty clear on how they were going to assess a player yeah so I I was looking at from all of our what, what state they came from I wanted to know um kind of their you know what locations of of the state also you know north south yeah um Louisiana so what who was producing here at LSU? Was it the kids from Mississippi? Was it the kids from Florida? Was it all Louisiana kids? Mm-hmm. And 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 I could quantify production by looking at minutes played, and and so there was something that was easy to quantify. And same thing in the NFL for production. So who who was these individuals? But I did a – that's when I, I said, you know what, I'm looking at all these names. I remember every single individual. I mean, you know them inside and out. Yeah. And you go through – every recruiting class and you can assess, you know, there's some things that we always assess on what character means. And there's a couple things that were objective and a couple things on there that are subject, yeah. but sometimes the subject of, of information is, is, is probably <laughs> <laughs> the most telling. Yeah. Um, a simple trait as how they treat people in the building. Yeah. That probably would go along with a lot of people. And so when I looked at those numbers, it was it wasn't really the premise of the study, but I, I noticed all of a sudden the, the, the recruiting classes with the highest character were our most productive, and it was the most productive in the NFL. It almost matched up perfectly. And then I looked at um, what happened with those uh, uh, recruiting classes mm-hmm. and how successful were they. Mm-hmm. And um, when you start looking at the top six five of the top six all played or won a national championship and that was before the season that was before the season yeah. that, i started that um i think that was 2 3 years ago mm-hmm. i had the and um so we looked at the 2017 season and um these players i'm sorry the recruiting class that mm-hmm. came in 2017 and they were sitting right up there in the first second group yeah and that's one
0: who who were some of the guys in the seventeenth class? Is that Lloyd Cushenberry and Clyde? Uh, yeah, I so
1: was. I think Grant Delpit. I, I'd, okay. I'd, I'd have to look. Is that, I mean, okay?
0: That's the, yeah. That's that's right. That's the Delpit Jacoby, um, that that group. The guys that were right. true juniors. So this if you year. think about those names you just Clyde, mentioned. Clyde Justin. I mean, look look at those guys. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty successful group in but hindsight you, as, too. As
1: you know, you've interacted with them. Yeah, and you know what type of people yeah. they are. Well, so,
0: I, I was saying this the other day. Someone at the combine mentioned. Clyde was the best interview that he'd ever done. And people who've listened to this podcast know, but Tom Rinaldi was here a couple weeks ago, or a few weeks ago for the national championship. And he he came on my podcast, we talked. But before we started talking, he had just interviewed Clyde. And he came out and he said, that's the best football interview I've ever had in my entire life. And think about the people Tom Rinaldi. That's interview- right,
1: that's right. And he does those stories, you know, week in and week out.
0: And I'll tell you another thing
1: that we we also look at. And I've been getting the the guy we helped develop a test um it's called sports sense, and it looks at processing and, yeah and, yeah, and I think we talked about that earlier, and he we know what our players were. we had at least i'm I'm telling you we had at least five players on our offense that were
0: in the elite category so sports sense we talked about this before, but for some context and I want to get into some of this, right. the studies you did before the season, that was the reaction, the, the processing? The processing. Okay. So
1: it looks at how we, we, we can understand how a lot of these young young men, how they learn. Mm-hmm. You know, Are they a visual learner? Or are they more of an applied learner? We look at how they um, process information once the play is going on, how, how quick they can make a decision, mm-hmm. how impulsive they are, if you're an impulsive person. So if, yeah. so if you're a quarterback, you may throw more interceptions. Um and a lot of this information that we have, we have about nine different categories. Um, we try to find what these guys' strengths are. Mm-hmm. So if they learn a certain way, let's let's focus on that. Well, if 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 they struggle in an area, well, let's that's a workaround. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's see what we can do. So everything that we do, we try to individualize um, what makes the player better. Mm-hmm. So we're not we don't have a cookie cutter way of saying you know. Look what Clyde can do. So Clyde was an interesting case when we did all our eye tracking. Um, he brought it up to us about, uh, you know, the one route I don't see on here, I like the angle route. Mm-hmm. And that's when he angles up and choices out. Yep. And uh, so we were made notes, you know, we're making notes. And you can learn a lot, I always said, from just talking to a player. Yeah. I mean, you really can. Yeah. And especially a guy like him. So. You know, we, we when we gave all the eye stuff to Coach Emsminger and, and, and Coach was so good about it, he goes, You know what? It, we forget about it. We did a lot, I think a lot with Spencer Ware, but that's a route that we just didn't. Yeah. You know, and, uh, um, you know, if that's what the player's strength is, let's add it in. Yep. And I think that's why our coaches are so wonderful because they try to find um, the right place. If a guy's not working out on, on defense, Coach O's so good about it. He goes, well we'll we'll try to we'll try to make it you know on 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 another side of the ball yeah and and let's give him every opportunity to make him succeed so that's what all that testing's for yeah and and I think that's what's so good about this program
0: so you, so you mentioned there were there were a bunch of guys in the elite category right. with with the the sports sense that meant they could process information yes rapidly yes that means they or if, if a play doesn't go quite right, they can readjust. Let, let me guess: Joe Burrow was one of those
1: guys. Joe Burrow was uh, <laughs> he, he was one of those guys. And believe it or not, I don't know if he had the highest score. I mean, it's you know you're splitting hairs, yeah. but you know there'd be guys that uh, like a Damian Lewis was yeah. off the charts. Yeah, and and, it, and if you look at it, they, they rarely made mistakes. Yeah, you know these guys were so in sync and and. I know Jefferson scored. I, I they actually, I was communicating with the the guy that does it at the combine, and he had, he had another very. So we, so I think with this program, not only from the character standpoint, you have a, a high football IQ or yeah. an intelligence. That you know the game's changed. You just can't play guys that are just great athletes. I yeah. think that's. I've always talked to GMs about you know tell me why a guy busts. Tell me tell me why. You miss on a first and second round. I I sit sit with them all the time in this office, and we go in depth. I Mm -hmm. mean, we'll talk an hour just about personnel. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, one of them will say, "Well, you know, he didn't. He was doing things outside the the, you know outside the complex he shouldn't be doing, or he um, he wasn't a guy that studied the playbook, you know, and he wasn't always doing the right things. And well, that's a lot of that's under that character umbrella. Yeah. The other ones would say, well, he never figured it out. He couldn't get it. He, he, he you know, whatever. He's a slow processor. Well, okay. So that's the second thing that mm-hmm. we know that we can identify. And if, so if you're looking for a sustainable player, those are the two major qualities you have to have. Yeah. And obviously, uh, you know, you can look at their track record if they're healthy or not. So to me, you can simplify a lot of things and not – I always say we can get seduced by just talent. You know, I, I've said that because that the guy's really fast. I mean, how many 4-2 guys? It's fine that these guys run 4 twos at the combine in a straight line, but the average uh, speed uh, with the wide receiver is 4.6 in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. So that's what Jerry Rice was because those guys studied more how to run routes. Yeah. Same thing with quarterbacks. We get all caught up in the strong-arm quarterback. I mean, we we think that's the greatest thing. Hand size. Hand size. Okay, <laughs> hand size. There you go. <laughs> And right, and look at Manning, Brady, Breeze, Joe Burrow. I want a guy with above-average arm talent. You know why? Because Mm -hmm. it it makes them – they're going to have to learn to anticipate, so they study more. Mm -hmm. They become more of a student of the game. Guys with rocket arms, it's bred into them that they've always gotten away with it. So it becomes natural to them, I'm going to fit it in the window. Mm. If you think how many strong-arm guys – I mean, Brett Favre is one, but – he still leads the you know national football league in interceptions but you know there's not that many guys that just have the best arm ever and they're the best quarterback. It's yeah. usually those guys that have to learn to adapt um to their talents but they become
0: a better student of the game. Yeah. You you mentioned um the the processing time. You mentioned the eye tracking a little bit. Um for those who aren't familiar, I did a story on the eye tracking stuff with the receivers basically y'all y'all track their eyes eye dominance um, in an effort to improve their catching which certainly ha- happened this year uh, the sports sense stuff you did the the kind of the processing ability the cognitive ability I think you also did one with maybe the defensive linemen rushing we did. off the edge.
1: We, same thing trying to find out what their strengths were yeah. we looked at different side different stances we looked at which way they could bend better to get around the the defender Right side, left side, and we looked at how they accelerate, Mm -hmm. our reaction time on one side, and we looked at acceleration and deceleration, like they would do, maybe like with a stunt. Yeah. Um, So we were trying to put them in a position of actually um, putting them in a an applied, you know, position to
0: simulate the game. Yeah. Yeah. So there's two things, two areas that I want to approach with that. One, and we'll come back to this is Something we've talked about before—the idea of Coach O as an innovator and embracing right. that—and I, I want to come back to that. But I want to start with, and this it may tie in. I want to start with how, especially it's probably a this time of year type of project, or as it's an off-season type of project. How do you, as a staff, as a group, decide which areas to dig into? Yeah. So last year it was the receivers. Right. Um, is it? Are you following whims? Are you taking? Are you looking for specific weaknesses or is someone giving you input? How, how do you sort of identify those areas? I think we we kind of brainstorm as the year's going on. Okay. I mean, so this is,
1: these things that we're looking, when we already started it, you know, we, we were able, we're fortunate, we, were, we bought that seeker machine. Yeah. Which has a, uh, so we've already done testing on that with our wide receiver. So we were actually looking at, um, so we expanded that study okay. a little further um where we were looking at where they had a you know spin around and they saw the ball at the last minute okay so we wanted to see what they were seeing there yeah then um we were looking just straight on balls which everything we were doing before was basically your peripheral side and we've added to the route tree tremendously because things have changed so it's it looks completely
0: different yeah slightly different offense yes and was sorry to interrupt. Was a no. was an actual person throwing the footballs last year? Is that how y'all did it? Yeah, we're testing. Yes. Okay, so now y'all using the we can, and, and we're
1: still going to we still will use a quarterback because yeah. we still want to simulate that. But um and look, we were a small piece. And you know, look, it's, yeah. the offense and Joe Burrow, and so we were just a little, you know a little yeah, piece of, of. We weren't. I mean, that, that's again, that's player driven. That's coaches the way they put these guys in position. So. Um, and I think what we could see, though, if, if a guy was not making a, if he was a weakened kind of an area, mm-hmm. we can biomechanically tell him, all right, we have to change your head position. Or yep. they were more conscious of trying to get their head around if it was something that we knew that they weren't tracking yep. properly. Yeah. And um, so a lot of our stuff comes through as the year's going on, how we want to, all right, here's what we're going to do. So we already have that kind of planned out. Okay. And so we already did a first round of testing. Um uh, actually uh, right before Mardi Gras okay. break. Yep.
0: And then to, to revisit it, none of this would be possible if you didn't have a head coach who not only was interested in this information, uh, not only valued this information, but put it into practice and assembled a staff that put it into practice. And that's something we've we've talked about before. Coach O, when he was hired and, and when he was brought on as the interim in 2016, hired full-time in, in 2017, the, the list of pros of the hire if you're talking to joe blow national media member you know he's a recruiter he's a motivator yeah you know whatever that list would have been i don't know how many of them would have said he's an innovator right because they didn't they didn't know i didn't know i I was covering the team and didn't know but as i got here especially talking with you you realize he's extremely innovative he's extremely forward-thinking right and Fortunately, I've been around
1: with a lot of football coaches. I, I mean, I, I've seen the Coach Bowden or Coach Miles, Saban, Ray Perkins. I mean, there's a list of guys, but what he's brought um, is the innovation. He, he he wants that information. And if it makes sense, he will apply it. Mm-hmm. And what a great you know thing to be a part of because when you come up with an idea, you're not always just, oh, we don't need to do that or yeah. that's – it keeps you hungry Mm -hmm. and he's made us so much better in our profession because if we don't have that if we don't have a head coach that allows us to keep expanding then you know what's what's the goal to you know we can do stuff but it's we're almost spinning you know in mud Mm -hmm. so i think that's where and i think that's a that's a great model to look at in any organization you know the leader if he allows these people to continue to grow and don't you know, snub your nose at every idea that comes up. Yep, it, it it
0: really really motivates the whole organization, and that's
1: in every department.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it was in our department this year. I mean, people have been very very kind about the work that we did in a media sense. Well, that was all Derek Panamski and Coach O and Coach O greenlighting a lot that's of true. things that other places don't do. There's not a lot of people that would that would send us to Athens, Ohio to film Joe Burrow's high school coaches and teammates. There's not a lot of people that would let the cameras in particular areas and give certain access but they did all that and they empowered us just like they empowered y'all and it it really is a contagious culture within the program and it kind of expands outward it's to me that's been the most refreshing thing and um, when i look back on this season it, it was almost there was this sense of i don't know i've never been this close to a championship run before there was a sense of almost inevitability about this team I don't know if it was the character I don't know if it was the talent I don't know if it was Cocho's assemblage of everything or if it was just all the combined force I I don't know how it felt for you during the season but I remember I don't know eight nine games into the season I was like yeah this team's gonna win the national championship and it just felt they've they just felt like they it wasn't even destiny it just felt like they had all the pieces in place throughout the entire program and I'm curious what that Looked like from your perspective, it yeah, being this close to it. I think you're you're about dead on, and I think the the key to that whole thing
1: is that you know let me take a step before that with all the innovation stuff. I, I think we're doing our best work on our last two three years. Mm-hmm. What I've been we've been a part of here in the athletic training room. I think it's been our best. You know. I think we we have changed so much in the last several years, and I think we're doing, you know, so much better things now. I think you're right. I think when this team was assembled three years ago, there was a plan, and to get to that plan, you know, you have to look at that that team, and and you were we were able to bring all those pieces in mm-hmm. people say joe burrow look we did our homework on joe burrow yeah we, we, we it's not like this guy just fell on our lap i mean you know you had a lot of coaches that studied it you know there's there's coaches that worked here that said this guy probably should be our starter yeah i mean that was the bottom line but yeah. he probably won't get that opportunity here and you know he has all the pieces so it's not like the, our coaches didn't do the homework mm-hmm. and he just fell on our lap so um i always said as much as we needed joe burrow joe burrow needed us yeah and as the season's going on and the group of men you had i i knew this was a completely different atmosphere in in the way that i you never wanted the the year to end mm-hmm. you didn't because we us as even a staff we were never fatigued i've been part of undefeated teams but Mm -hmm. you're just fatigued it's a grind yeah it never happened and you could see how coach manipulated that schedule or a practice schedule based off of this long run Mm -hmm. and the energy level stayed at such a high high because he kept the morale up Mm -hmm. i know the military uses that a lot but that's that's a strong word and even athletics, yeah, and from the staff and, and, and uh, uh, players, there was never a letdown. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, and and I, I know that um, I've, I've I've talked to some colleagues, and um, one of them that was part of a coach that won many championships that said he could not believe the energy we had in that last game, the precision, um, and the excitement. That the players had going into that, just couldn't believe it. That was it looked like our first game. Yeah. So you couldn't tell, you know, if it was our first game or our last game. And that's a that's a very unique thing to to see. And uh, yes, as the week as we're chopping off every week, you couldn't wait for the next week to yeah. come in. You know, there was no dread. There was nothing. We were ready and uh, was excited to play
0: you you mentioned this goes back to character too but you you said one of the traits is the way that people treat others in this building and and treat the the staff and this team bar none take out the record they could have gone 0-13 0-12 whatever from it probably had the largest number of players that and, and, and I'm not saying this as a knock to college kids that don't do this because sometimes college kids are shy, sometimes right. college kids are insecure, but just the highest ratio of, of young men that would shake your hand, hello, yes, yes. look you in the eye, um, that were just extremely considerate of others, even Joe, even Joe who, I don't want to say even Joe as if he's, he's above that, but Joe, through everything he went through this year, I was following him around Heisman. It right. was unbelievable. It was a circus. Right. It was unbelievable. I was exhausted by the end of it. There's a picture of me. I've talked about this before. There's a picture of me the day after the Heisman in somewhere in New York City, and I look I look like death because I'm just I'm exhausted just from following the guy around, not right. even doing the stuff that he's doing. But throughout the entire process, Joe was yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am shake your hand look you in the eye. Um, he he knew when to say no when he had to say no obviously, but from him to Terrace Marshall, who shakes yes, your hand every time you, you right. walk by him. To, I mean, I could name every guy. I don't want to just single those guys out. Clyde, I mean, there's a million guys. Yeah. The highest number of guys that were like that. I've, I've just never seen seen well, something like that with to, the team. To
1: add to that,
0: um, we left the Peach Bowl, uh,
1: and this was a comment again yesterday. Um, they said this was the best behaved team by their staff um, from the security people. To the people that work at the hotel, to the bold people, said it was one of the best behaved, and they said they said the same thing. They'll look you in the eye, they'll shake your hand, they are very kind. We go to the White House. Secret Service said the exact <laughs> same thing. Yeah, and and again, that starts with leadership at the top. That's Coach O how he, you know, um, not only recruit the right type of kids, but he he talks to them about this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's important to him, so he's developing. You know something that's a, a long term trait that you can carry on when you leave here, yeah. and I and you know it, it's that's why it's a total program, and um, but we've heard that over and over again, and uh, you know and that that's a real thing, and that's why you, you win the 2007 team had the same traits. Mm-hmm. That's what Craig Stelts did. Mm-hmm. That's what Tyson Jackson did. Um, um, that's what you know Matt Flynn or Jacob Hester. Uh, that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And that, I could extract, I've been very fortunate, I've been part of four national championships. And even to go back to Florida State, that's what Charlie Ward did. That's what Warwick Dunn did. That's what Derek Brooks did. Mm-hmm. And if you keep looking at the same type of thing over and over and saying these are the things I want to extract, I, you know, you can look at that. That was a common theme. Yeah. But, and that, I just had to try to quantify it in some way. And that's what the, that's how the study kind of, you know, came out. of.
0: What what are you doing this time of year? Um, I know you said you just got back from spring training. So if you want to talk a little bit about that, what you were doing out there, and then also as you get back here, um, I imagine there's fewer injuries this time of year, just because there's not the full contact going on. But I'm just curious what this time of year looks like for you. Are you planning ahead? Are you reviewing um, in addition to some of the stuff that you're doing yeah, with I with, think we're going to I'll
1: review back on I'll probably look at again I'll go over the season look at some drops and look at head placement um, so that'll be the big review I think we're also going to look at some DBs um, and punt returners mm-hmm. I think that's how we want to look at how they process the ball coming and there's a technique I know Corey Rehm is really excited for us to kind of launch something and Bo Pellini is very involved also, mm-hmm. so we talked about it. He's very excited on some of the stuff we've done since he was here last time. It's again, it's changed yeah. completely. I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah, and uh, um, not, not only from the building, but all the you know the sports science side of it. And um, so we're we're going to be really busy on you know that front as far as trying to, and we'll talk to the coaches if there's something else. You know, I know we talked to Bill Johnson. We're trying to look at reaction time know from uh from the defensive lineman mm-hmm. you know let's let's see where these guys are it's always good to have something that's objective i always like to have an objective finding something that's tangible yeah because you know you can theorize in anything you want or but at least we have a marker that we can see if we get better too yeah yeah and, and that's how i always believed that because you just don't want to have something and talk about something if you don't have the evidence yeah and um, so we're also working with EA Sports uh, on campus. We're mm-hmm. working with a, uh, a a group that's uh, we're trying to, and it's going to be where you're in Tiger Stadium, and and we want to do a a uh, virtual reality um, with a simulator that allow the quarterbacks to see different defenses in the teams that we've played. And help them with decision making, and we could—I think we could probably speed it up a couple clicks, then try to slow the game down a little Mm -hmm. bit. But also, that's awesome. It also allow them to have a lot of reps without wear and tear on the body. Yeah. So, um, so that's an exciting—you know—so we're on the ground floor of that right now, and um, so we're going to be working towards that from spring training side of it. Um, as, as, as again, I talked to Coach about it, you don't really realize the magnitude of, of what we've done until you get outside our bubble. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, you know, when I went through, visited about 14 teams that that's all they wanted to talk about, and everyone always said they couldn't keep their eyes off of watching our team. Yeah. And that was really humbling to see that. And they wanted to know the makeup of that. They wanted to know why – you know the question of how we were able to sustain such a high high level because i don't think in any sport um that's the that's really the the thing that people noticed it was like there was no letdown and how could you maintain a high level of, Mm -hmm. of that many weeks and it goes to all the stuff we've talked about before but um you know they wanted to know you know what about this player that player so it was really uh you know, you're filled in questions about LSU football, which is which is a great thing because the brand is is so strong right yeah. now. And I think we're the we're the we're the cool team. We're yeah. the team that people want to know about. They 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 love our coach. They love our culture. They love um, everything about us right now.
0: So S- something that we were talking about before, and we don't have to get into specifics, but it, it made me think of it when you were talking about um, data and having objective data to to rely upon. What I really appreciate about you and the conversation we were having earlier is that there is a tendency across the world right now because data is, is becoming more and more important. You see it in baseball, you see it in basketball. We were talking about the hot hand fallacy. Right, right, right. And there is a tendency to over-rely on data yes, in right. some circles. It seems like here you all do a very good job of understanding that data, sports science, is a tool and and there's an investment of energy and money and time and all that stuff into it, but it also can't be the end-all be-all and the, the human element, the right. character, it's yes. the balance yeah. of those two that, that really right. is most important.
1: And I think you're dead on with that, and we've discussed it a little bit, but, you know, I think baseball, some teams have gone all the way to the the, the human element isn't a, um, a factor to yeah. them. They want to look at just data, period. And as, as we were saying, you don't know a hitter in, in April versus – july a lot of things can happen in your life you know a child getting sick or an argument or not sleeping well and and um to say that being a hot hitter is not a real thing (laughs) is there's something wrong with that yeah (laughs) i mean
0: yeah well so what we were talking about is the hot hand fallacy is a basketball thing that was for for a decade was considered sort of biblical law and in NBA basketball, that there was no such thing as a hot shooter. And NBA players would constantly push back and say, no, like I can tell when I'm hot and I'm feeling it and I'm in a zone, I'm making more shots than when I'm not feeling it and I'm I'm not mentally in that space. And they kept saying, well, the data says that it doesn't exist. Well, that was all based off of a study, out. I want to say, like 2005. They came back 12 years later, tested that study. Turns out, no, hot hand, hot hitter, whatever, hot quarterback, hot kicker, all that stuff is real because there is a mental component. Right.
1: And the mental components usually called confidence. Yeah. (laughs) So any of us have confidence in our job or, you know, you can tell that's called being in the zone Mm -hmm. and then, and you can word it any way you want, but that's a human element. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, confidence could be bred from different ways. Uh, Maybe it's a positive, some reinforcement or you have success, you know, you can do it. And that's what triggers um, that hot hand or yeah. so and and you do get into a zone your body does relax more cuz you have more peace with yourself Yeah. and there's so there's a lot of dynamics which puts you in there but those are human elements that's not that's not somebody saying and you and and sometimes you don't know when it's going to happen yeah um again everybody's biorhythms can be thrown off do we wake up every morning and feel exactly the same the answer is probably no yeah um sometimes we do feel better we feel more rested we feel like we have more energy um so I really, you know, have an issue with with you know not using the hel- human element. I think that should be the number one thing. Yeah. And and, and as we looked at busts in the NFL, you can look at all those numbers, but if they don't have those things that we talked about earlier, they're they're not going to be able to function or be a sustainable athlete. I also looked at our athletes here that played in the NFL six years plus, because mm-hmm. you only have about a 29% chance to sign a second contract. That's that's what the data shows now. So who are who are these players and who are these schools? Uh, I will tell you, LSU is one of those schools. There's there's about twenty of them that have a, a higher ratio. LSU is one of them. Yeah, we we, huh. we, we it's have not them. NFL
0: LSU for for no reason. Right, and, and they they're
1: sustainable. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the key. So I looked at all the sustainable players that we had here. I think we had since I've been here, we have like fifty. And if you rate them based off the character uh, matrix, there are our highest character guys on yeah. and on average it's a huge um score that's way up there and these were all the kids that were were took the game more serious they were smarter they were they studied the playbook so yeah, yeah i mean look at kyle williams and, and brady james and uh, Corey webster joseph adai those were our best kids they They're, i'm talking about, when i say best kids i'm, I'm talking about the best people yeah. and they were our
0: smarter kids yeah. so
1: there there's a um you know th- that is that's that's fact now and yeah. you can see it
0: yeah i guess we'll, we'll end on that uh, I, I think with this conversation and it kind of confirms all the thoughts that i've had before i just love the holistic approach that right. takes place in this building mm-hmm. in this this training room um in the film rooms in the walkthrough room Coach O's office I think that's what I've enjoyed most about this past year is really getting to see that um, here here at LSU and I've not really covered other programs but here at LSU I, I, I know for sure there is a view of the student athlete as a person and they're treated like people and their their needs are considered and I know that's really important to y'all and yeah, particularly in this room
1: because we look past football too yeah and I think that's the important thing I think when we talk to recruits we tell them there's a get there that you, you can get guarantees in life one we're not going to live forever i always say we're going to pay taxes but you're not playing football forever yeah you're not so you better think how you're going to prepare your life after football and it may be after lsu maybe two years in the nfl whatever it may be yep. you're still going to be a young person and a young man and we try to give them that skill set to talk about that and and focus on school and and that's part of what we should be
0: doing yeah so and that's probably why they come back i don't want to name any names but just no. walking in here you see a couple of guys yeah. nfl yeah. guys and they could be anywhere they want to this time of year right. they they've got the resources to do that right. but they come back here to yeah, train and it's a
1: nice and, feeling if they get injured or you know they know what we've done you know if it's an acl or something it's nice that they come back and trust you know our medical team
0: yep well that's awesome jack thank you so much for your time you it's it. been a pleasure yes sir thank you Like nights of we fight to hold the glory of the purple and gold come on you sign us i said fight fight for you, we are number
1: number one.
0: Victory.